Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. Uh, Patrick and Wayne here as usual. Uh, we've got a special guest tonight that Wayne's going to introduce, but we're going to go right back to NFL. Uh, we've been talking Bears a lot. Uh, folks, if you're on YouTube, go into our vault. You can check out you know, some of the mock drafts we've come up with, some of our you know, off-season predictions that we think the Bears might you know, dive into. Uh, wanted to kind of give an update, you know, where we're at right now. We're a couple weeks out from free agency. Draft is kind of looming. We kind of know where, you know, polls may go with his quarterback. But, hey, it's still up in the air. So uh, I'm going to toss it over to Wayne to get us started, and uh, we'll just go from there. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Well, just why don't you introduce Pete? Uh, I know he's been on the podcast before, but, you know, he's on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Always <laughs> – a good follow. I love looking at his conversations and uh, with, you know, all the Justin lovers out there and everything. So, uh, but yeah, he's a senior contributor for bearstalk.com. You can read his articles and, and, you know, look on all his talking points there uh, with Brian Perez. So um, I guess with all this now, you know, kind of setting things up here, you know, it's now the NFL Combine. I think it's about to start. Um, I think tomorrow, formerly, I think that's when uh, was a defense alignment or, are going to be kind of doing their thing there. And just a lot of interviews have been taking place. Obviously, Ryan Poles has all the power in the world, it seems, and all <laughs> eyes are on him with what's he going to do with Justin Fields? What is he going to be drafting Caleb? Is he going to be trading away and stuff? But... I guess, Pete, I just want to over, turn it over to you. Like, what do you make of all this chatter that's happening with Ryan Poles right now and also with Matt Eberflus? Well, obviously, there's endless speculation uh, with the Chicago Bears again. Um, just like last offseason, they're entering with the first overall pick um, close to the most um, cap space. Uh, so they really hold all the keys to the kingdom for the NFL offseason so far. Um, there's a lot of chatter, of course, what they're going to do. Quarterback is the most important conversation right now. Um, I think most people seem to be leaning one way, and that way tends to be drafting a quarterback. Um, obviously, nothing is set in stone yet, but that certainly seems like a lot of smoke uh, coming from that direction. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there definitely is a lot of smoke in mirrors. There's definitely all been a lot of Hey, uh, like, I feel like Ryan Poles has got to be the best manipulator of the media if all this is just to like keep <laughs> Justin Fields or something like that. But, you know, I guess, you know, uh, Caleb Williams kind of broke a silence about this whole thing about, yeah, like he'd love to play with the Chicago Bears, you know, I think recently. So uh, what do you believe is smoke and mirrors and what do you believe is most likely going to happen and is true? Well, actually, I'm not sure there's all that much smoke and mirrors going on from Ryan Poles. I think it's um, obviously he's not telling us what his plan is, but I think if you pay attention to the moves, uh, to the way he talks compared to last year, I think it's, like I said, there's too much smoke for there to not be fire, basically. Um, I I believe they're drafting a quarterback. Um, A lot of the most plugged in reporters and insiders believe they're drafting a quarterback. And even in his presser the other day, talking about he wants to do right by Justin Fields, um, if they trade him, he did say if they trade, but that's typically not a conversation you even have if you're if you're if that's your guy. Um, if 
your quarterback is your guy, you're not even talking about doing right by him because you're keeping him. Um, so, so I really don't think there's a whole lot of smoke and mirrors going on. I think it's fairly straightforward that barring a disastrous interview with Caleb Williams or the other quarterbacks, uh, I think they're looking to trade Justin Fields as quickly as possible. Um, I said on Twitter that I think Ryan Pohl showed up to the combine believing he's going to draft a quarterback, but is willing to have his mind changed. He's that old change my mind meme uh, on the internet where I'll listen to what you say. Maybe someone will come in with a crazy offer, um, but I, I think I know what I'm doing. And, and I guess, what do you think uh, from what you're hearing out there makes the most sense maybe for the bears in terms of, uh, you know, trading back or trading that pick if they were to go that route with the first overall pick trading either the commanders or whomever, what do you think is the most likely scenario here? If they trade that, that's something that I think that could still happen. They could trade that first overall pick, but if they do, I don't think they go past the commanders. I think there is a chance that they may maybe grade Kayla Williams and Drake may as, roughly a tie and in that case maybe you'd be willing to move back one spot and just take whichever quarterback that the commanders leave on the board um so i do think that that's still a trade back is still a possibility from one i just don't think it'd be past two three at the very furthest um their own pick at ninth overall i think is where there's a strong trade back uh possibility uh one of those quarterbacks could slip down uh to ninth overall and there's a couple of quarterback needy teams right behind us. Um, the Raiders, possibly the Saints, the Vikings. Nah, that's a division trade, so maybe that won't happen, but it's 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 not impossible. Or maybe one of those teams will want to jump and grab Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy if they test really well, which I think they will. Um, so, so the ninth overall pick, I think there's some strong trade back possibility there. Also because the wide receiver class is very deep this year. There's a lot of talent available in the first 100 picks offensive tackle ryan poles himself said it's a very talent rich class this year um so if ryan poles feels like he can still get a quality day one starter later on which i think he can at those positions then he might be looking to trade back from there yeah it definitely seems like there could be potentially i i don't know there's so many scenarios that i think could happen like we could be seeing maybe three trade backs potentially in this draft, uh, maybe more. Yeah. And then, you know, possibly all within the first round too. I think, you know, some people are throwing out the scenarios of maybe we trade that first pick. And I think you've done this Pat too, where we trade back from, you know, from one to two and then from that two, say like, Hey, you know, maybe we don't want that quarterback. Maybe we, we can get more for, you know, somebody that wants to draft and move up and draft Drake May or Jaden Daniels out there. So I think there's just a lot of possibilities um, for the Bears. Just like <laughs> which one, which door makes the most sense, I think. Um, <laughs> but I guess with that, like, you know, have you looked into Drake May at all or Jaden Daniels? Like, so if the Bears were to go to that second pick, is it one of those quarterbacks? Is it Marvin Harrison Jr., you think? Um, kind of like, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the pros and cons of all that? 
Uh, I have looked into Drake May quite a bit. I'm actually a big fan of Drake May. Uh, I'm not going to hold his school and number against him like a recent Bears quarterback that we all remember. Um, I, I, I don't think he's quite on the level of Caleb Williams, but um, if the Bears trade back to two and draft Drake May, I'd, I'd be fine with that. You know, he's he's not as athletic. He's not as creative, Caleb Williams, but he still has that ability. Uh, he's got a big arm. He's got that prototypical size. I believe he... We'll get the official measurements soon, but right now he's listed at 6'4", uh, 230 pounds, so a nice big guy. Uh, Jaden Daniels, I'm actually not very high on. I know he's the Heisman winner. A lot of people have him pegged as QB3, maybe QB2 uh, in this draft, but his first of all, his size is very concerning. He is six foot four, like May, but he is only listed at 215 pounds. Uh, but if you look at him, there's no way he's 215 pounds. I, I would be surprised if he weighs in at 205 or more, frankly. He's just a very thin-framed guy, and that's a concern, obviously, for injuries. Um, he doesn't like to target the middle of the field. Um, I saw an article today um, from Nate Tice on Twitter, and he went through the data, and he found that Jaden Daniels tar- – the only quarterback to target the middle of the field in college fewer times than Jaden Daniels was Justin Fields, who still has that problem in the pros. He still has trouble targeting the middle of the field, and that's limiting for an NFL quarterback. Uh, so I have some serious concerns about Jaden Daniels. He's actually my QB5 of this draft class. I have Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy slightly ahead of him. Um so I do think there's a good chance the Bears could trade back one or two spots and try to get Drake May. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe. I, obviously, he's a fantastic player. I've said it before that they could hand him a gold jacket on draft night, and I wouldn't bet an eye. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and I'll go on record saying that, that he's going to be a Hall of Famer uh, when his career is over. Um, but like I said, I just don't see the Bears going that route. I think if they're going to draft a quarterback – which I do think they will do, it's going to be one of the top two guys. Yeah, I, I think yeah, to go off that scenario, it's like if they do draft Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe with that second pick, right, then that pro- most likely means that they're going to be keeping Justin Fields or, you know, something crazy. I think, Pat, you've thrown this out about you know, maybe they get Kirk Cousins or something like totally out of left field, <laughs> right? Some like WWE stuff or whatever, but... um yeah, that, that could definitely be crazy. But, I mean, I, I think that's for a lot of Bears fans. You know, a lot of the Justin uh, Fields, you know, uh, camp basically just wants, it's like, hey, get us more talent and we can do a lot of fun things. And I know you've spoken before about, like, hey, Justin Fields, it's not your fault. <laughs> but the situation, right, like, it's just kind of, uh, you know, really extraordinary type of circumstances that have happened here, it seems like. Or Pat, do you have anything you want to add in there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, we we had more of a richer debate, I feel like, a few weeks ago. I'm kind of on the side of, you know, Caleb Williams is going to be our guy. We just we just haven't gotten to that point yet. Maybe we're still trying to leverage uh, some more suitors in on a Fields trade, maybe get, you know, that market established a little bit. But, you know, I'm more or less excited about the prospect of going ahead and getting Williams. I think a lot of Bears fans for so long have been team Justin just based on, you know, the haul we could get for that number one pick. But, 
you know, just looking at it, I mean, Justin's an amazing runner. Uh, he's just kind of proven to be a pretty below average passer to this point. I mean, Ibrufloos even coming out the other day and saying like, you know, we need to win in the fourth quarter and we need to have, you know, quarterback play that's going to get us, you know, over the hump in the clutch. And you just look at the numbers uh, for fields and he, you know, ranked near the bottom of the league uh, in almost all passing metrics in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, those types of statements like really stood out to me, I think over the last week or so. And uh, yeah, I mean, you also just look at, you know, recent Super Bowl winners all the way through, you know, the past 25 or so. And it's, you know, you look down the list, I, I would venture to say like, you know, 20 of the 25 quarterbacks of those teams over the last 25 years are hall of famers uh elite uh you know top five in the game at the very worst and it's like we're a quarterback driven league and if we can get our hands on a guy who on offense is going to hold the ball 100 percent of the time versus a star wide receiver who at best may get it you know 30 to 35 percent of the time it's like we've just got to get there as bears fans too it's like we just want our guy and if jay cutler is the bar i mean i i think caleb williams even if he doesn't pan out of being like patrick mahomes he can probably be Jay Cutler at the very worst. And I think, you know, for Bears fans, we'd be smiling ear to ear about that, even if it, you know, he happened to not, you know, live up to everything he's supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, more or less like, you know, kind of, you know, piggybacking a lot off what Pete had kind of opened up with there. But, you know, just super excited for this draft and super excited to see where we go, um, you know, kicking it off here in free agency. Yeah. And I guess off that, it's like, so like Pete, like what would your dream scenario in the first round be? Um, you know, if you're Ryan Poles, you got the keys to the kingdom and everything, uh, and, you know, you can definitely talk about some of the free agency moves, but like, what would your ideal situation be, you know, free agency maybe, and then going to the first round? So free agency, I'm really hoping that, um, first of all, you know, try to trade Justin Fields for whatever we can get. Um, try to do, like Paul said, try to do right by him. You know, don't send him off to a terrible situation. Honestly, I'd be trying to get him to Atlanta. You know, he grew up in Georgia, grew up a Falcons fan. Um, they've got some good pieces there. So I feel like that might be a good fit. Maybe he can continue to improve his game and be a legitimate starter um, in Atlanta. Um, as far as bringing in free agents to the Bears, um, they definitely need a wide receiver to complement DJ Moore. Uh, another pass rusher, uh, a free safety to replace to replace Eddie Jackson, and then a lot of help on the interior on the offensive line. Uh, so some of the big names that pop up like Mike Ev um, Mike Evans from Tampa Bay, uh, he, he his age and price might not fit Poles' plan. I don't think he's going to sign him, but that would be nice to see for sure. Um, a more realistic option uh, would be Gabe Davis from Buffalo. Back-to-back uh, -back seasons of 45 catches and 700 yards or more, um, a reliable depth receiver. And assuming we draft another receiver in the draft, uh, then I think he could play a good wide receiver two or wide receiver three role. Um, as far as a dream first-round draft scenario, obviously I think Caleb Williams is the pick. As far as I'm concerned, you you've had his name on the card for since the combine and as soon as the clock starts you turn it in if you're ryan poles that's the way i see it um and then at the ninth overall pick like i said it's there's some great trade back potential there i would try to move back to maybe the the mid-teens the late teens because uh, i think you could still get a quality pass rusher there a uh, quality receiver not one of the top ones but maybe brian thomas jr of lsu he's been getting a lot of noise um 
or, or for a pass rusher, I like Lay to Lay Two from UCLA a lot. Um, I wrote an article for Bears Talk just this morning uh, that I think he, talent-wise, he could be a top five pick, Lay Two. Um, but that neck injury he sustained two years ago is going to be really scary to GMs. Uh, it's going to be really off-putting for them. So I think he's going to drop down several draft boards, and I think you could get him in the late teens. Um, so that's where I think you could acquire some more draft picks like people want, but still get a day one starter at a position of need. So if we could walk away from the draft with, uh, from the first day of the draft with Caleb Williams, uh, a couple of extra picks in day two, and then a pass rusher like Leitu Leitu or receiver like Brian Thomas Jr. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's a dream scenario as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like from that second first round pick, uh, I mean, yeah, with that ninth pick, we don't necessarily know who's going to be on the board, right? If they come that draft pick. So if, you know, mm-hmm. it's likely that Roman Dunze and Malik neighbors, like, you know, they'll probably be off the board from the most recent, I think mock drafts I've seen, do we really want to, you know, take an old for Shanu uh, or, you know, somewhat one of those offensive linemen with that, ninth overall pick when maybe we want to, you know, like you were mentioning before, take like a Loyatuatu, move back, get an edge rusher, which we definitely need as well. And, you know, to complement kind of Montez Sweat and, you know, how much, well, so yeah, how much uh, draft capital do we want on, you know, the defensive line versus also, you know, spending in free agency, <laughs> I think on the offensive side, it seems like <laughs> a lot of the money is on the defensive side. And it's like, well, why can't it be better? <laughs> like, well, you know, the <laughs> acquisitions haven't been all that great on the offensive side. So um, that totally makes sense. Uh, curious about your thoughts on center. Like, is there a prospect that you're possibly eyeing on in the draft? Do you think free agency is the best way to go about that? Definitely. Um, I would actually prefer free agency for a center just to get a experienced, um, proven commodity at that position. Um, there's a couple of guys in the draft that will probably be very good, but it takes time to acclimate to the NFL. Um, and I would prefer fixing that position with a proven commodity, uh, potentially Connor Williams from Miami or Connor McGovern from the New York Jets. Um, both of them have been above average centers over the last couple of years. The problem there is they are both, they both ended the season on IR. Um, they both suffered a couple of leg injuries, unfortunately. So um, it, no one likes to see leg injuries for linemen. That puts people a little bit standoffish, of course. Um, but you know, they do recover from those injuries. I think they should be ready to go for 2024 at the start of the season. And you know, looking at it cynically, uh, with those injuries, you can maybe even get them for a little bit cheaper than you may have otherwise. Um, now, I don't think it should be either or. Uh, honestly, I'd prefer if they spend a free agency for a starting center and then still draft one. Um, Cedric Van Pan from Georgia is one of my favorite targets. Um, Zach Frazier from West Virginia. Both of those guys are potential round two, round three prospects. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson has been shooting up draft boards. Um, now he's looked at as a mid first round prospect, such as, um, uh, the, the guy from Baltimore, I'm blanking on his name right now. Linderbaum. um, Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. So, um, so he's up in that stratosphere right now. So if that's another really great option, if we trade back to that 15, 16 range, 
to maybe get our center of the future. So I would not be opposed, like I said, to getting a starting center of free agency and still spending premium draft capital on that position because we have to get that right. We haven't had a really good center, frankly, in the last 10 years, really. It's been a long time since we've had a, a good starting center, and that needs to change, especially with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and I know I definitely agree with that. Like I've seen, I think some other mock drafts they talk about getting Caleb Williams and then maybe trading back and getting Jackson Powers Johnson, but then it's like, you know, the center is like the key to pass protection, and you know you can ha- study all the as much film as possible, but come time, you know, game day and you know making those those reads, like there's going to be some exotic blitzes that maybe Jackson Powers Johnson just hasn't seen, albeit he's graded really well, right, uh, from both passing mm-hmm. and blocking it's just it's a whole different beast obviously in the nfl here so uh no i definitely agree with that so i but i guess yeah the, the other positions that we're seeing else uh on you know on the draft or free agency i know safety is another thing uh, another position as well uh, what are your thoughts on you know possible free agency picks or possible uh, draft uh players that we could possibly be drafting there uh, this one, unfortunately, is going to be a little bit harder to solve, I think. Um, I know Eddie Jackson was not playing his best ball this last year, um, but I, I don't see a whole lot of great options at replacing him. Um, there is Antoine Winfield Jr. from Tampa Bay, but again, I think he's going to be very expensive. And assuming Poles signs Jalen Johnson to that extension, which according to the, the his presser yesterday, sure sounds like he's close to doing that. I don't think he's going to want to have to tie up $40, 50000000 million in his secondary. Um, that and, and he's also an older player, too, so that's I, I don't think he fits Poles' vision very well. Um, I do like Chin from Carolina, Jeremy Chin. Um, he has not been a he, – he's a lesser-known prospect. He's not been great, but he's one of those guys, I think, where – he just needs a change of scenery to really hit his full potential, kind of like Leonard Floyd from Chicago. Um, he, he was drafted by Chicago with high hopes, didn't look that good. We let him go. He went to the Rams and was immediately a star. Um, so some guys just need to be in a different team with a different um, unit to really hit their potential. And I think Chen could be that for us. Um, in the draft also, it's a hard position to be in because – the top safeties probably aren't going anywhere until the late 20s, and I don't think we trade back that far. Um, so you're going to have to get some of those day two safeties um, who it's, it's not a very deep class this year. Um, you're not going to get any day one starters after the first round. Um, so we, we could be in a little bit of trouble there, free safety. Yeah, I mean, from everything I've read, I know with regards to that second round, it's like, you know, maybe a Tower Nubin, maybe uh, a Kinchins. I've seen different variations from late first round, second, some even falling to the third. I think I've seen more mock drafts where Kinchins falls to the third round now for whatever reason. But hey, that's just the NFL draft, it seems like. Um, <laughs> I think I might be in favor a little bit. I, mean, I like the chin pick for sure. Uh, definitely has a high upside. Still young, right? Uh, athletic, you know, as as, as any player can be possibly in that position. Um, I'm kind of looking at Blackman maybe for that now, I think, because he does have that experience at polls or not polls, but Iberfus, right, in that defense. So I'm wondering 
you know, we could probably get him for fairly cheap, you know, maybe six mil or, or less or something like that there. But um, yeah, it, I think my whole idea or philosophy, I think with the secondary now is if you're going to pay, you know, uh, Jalen Johnson, and then you have all this young, talented secondary already, right? You know, just get in like a okay vet <laughs> maybe, and plug him in there. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, maybe draft later on or something like that. Uh, but yeah, like just have a player for like a couple of years and then, that's someone like a Julian Blackman um, that we just kind of fill in there. So, but yeah, I think that's, that would be maybe my thought or suggestion on, on that. Um, and then I think going to edge rusher now and the defensive line, you know, uh, there definitely is some NFL or some prospects in the draft for that. But, you know, I think you might've mentioned alluded to free agency possibly, you know, and then addressing that, maybe we go both, right? I, I think there, de there definitely is room to grow in there. What do you think about the defensive line? Um, you know, I know we talked about edge, but also potentially about defensive tackle as well. Uh, but yeah, curious about NFL free agents and as well as uh, draft prospects you might be targeting. Yeah, so for the interior defensive line, there's definitely some uh, some really good free agents coming out. Um, Ryan Pohl's good target. Uh, I like Christian Wilkins, again, from Miami. Um, he had a, a breakout season, frankly. He finished 2023 with nine sacks, a forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries, uh, which for a, a defensive tackle is, is a huge numbers. Um, so that he, he could be an expensive uh, piece, but I think that Ryan Pohl's has shown willingness to spend big money uh, in the trenches. Um, so that I could see him making a move like that. There's also Javon Kinlaw from the San Francisco 49ers, um, a very good option, but he's just, you know, the, the, the Niners have an embarrassment of riches along the defensive line. So he's a very good player, but he's just stuck behind two really very good players. Uh, so he may want a, uh, a change of scenery, go to a new team to really show what he can do. Um, so those are a couple of free agent targets. That, um, Ryan Poles could hit. Uh, along the interior defensive line. Uh, free agents for defensive end are also looking really good. Um, my favorite would be Daniil Hunter from Minnesota. Uh, Bears fans should be very familiar with the terrorizing of quarterbacks that he is capable of. Um, he, he is an older option as well, will be very expensive probably, but um, I could see Ryan Poles. Like I said, he, he Ryan Poles has shown a willingness to spend premium capital on his trenches so that's that's a real possibility there and if the bears can pair up to neil hunter with montez sweat add in a um a day two rookie pass rusher maybe a Disa isaac from penn state um all of a sudden we're looking like the monsters of the midway again my question here um just looking at the fact that free agency you know now falls before the draft and, you know, we have that, you know, finite amount of capital. We are in the top, you know, five or what, you know, whatever it is for cap, you know, spend for this, uh, this off season. But just knowing that and kind of knowing, you know, going into this draft, there's gonna be a ton of uncertainty. How would you prioritize those dollars in terms of, you know, you got to leave free agency with, you know, these three players or these three kinds of players. Um, I think that was my first question is just how would you go about it if you were polls in that sense? And I think the second part is you talked about a trade down. Um, who do you think is like a likely suitor there? And, you know, who do you think we could like make a deal with in order to get maybe that second round choice as well as kind of moving further down that first round? Uh, great question. So 
Um, this is not what I think polls would do because it's very, it's hard to predict what other people would do. So what I would do uh, as far as need, needing to leave free agency with these people or these positions fixed, um, I would, like I said earlier, I would target center first and foremost. Um, that's a position we just have to get right. I'm so sick of seeing the ball snapped left, right, over the quarterback's head. I'm just – I never want to see that again. It, it, I'm, I'm tired of it. We need to get a center. Double dipping is fine. Just fix it. Um, we also need to get some more depth at the guard positions. Jenkins is, frankly, in my mind, he, I could make a case that he's the best left guard in the league. Um, people disagree with that. People argue it. But I think I could make a case that he's easily one of the very best at left guards in the league. Um, Davis, he's also been good. He, unfortunately, he's had a lot of – it wasn't fair because he had a lot of family troubles. There was a, a death in his family early in the season, um, clearly impacted his play. Uh, but later on, he got a lot better. Unfortunately, both of them, Jenkins and Davis, missed a lot of time um, due to injury. Um, so we we need depth to be able to – and it was so obvious when they were out. The, the offensive line got so much worse if they were not in the game. Uh, so we need to get some more depth there. Um, so interior offensive line would be the position I hammer most in free agency. Uh, I have to leave free agency feeling like we have a top 12 offensive line in the league, basically. Uh, and they're not that far off either from that ranking, as far as I'm concerned. One or two players could make that difference. Um, I would also try to hit wide receiver, get a second wide receiver for DJ Moore. Uh, because, like I said, I think that's another double-dip opportunity to get a proven commodity like Gabe Davis from Buffalo um, to put in there as a depth, a two or three, just 45, 50 receptions a year, nothing too crazy, just a reliable second or third read, and then still spend premium draft capital on that position. And then lastly would be that pass rusher, the defensive end. Um, I had really high hopes for Dominique Robinson, who was drafted uh, in 2023, no, 2022, I'm sorry. Um, he was a fifth-round defensive end, uh, just a freak athlete, really great, unteachable things. But unfortunately, he just couldn't quite put it all together, and I, I think he's headed for um, a cut, frankly. Um, so behind Montez Sweat, there's not much pass rush ability, especially with um, the, the defensive interior is solid as far as I'm concerned. Um I would not spend my dollars there. Try to get some more depth maybe if, if Ken Law is willing to take a team-friendly contract to be a starter somewhere, definitely. Um, but with the emergence of Jervon Dexter, um, the rookie from Florida, uh, he, he, he started off the season a little bit slow, but he really got good as the season went along. Uh, frankly, he was playing better than Jalen Carter there at the end of the season. Um, so I think the interior of the defensive line is looking pretty good, especially with Andrew Billings who just got extended in November, filling up that uh, that nose tackle role, that run stuffer. He's been phenomenal. Big fan. Um, so defensive end, wide receiver, center, those are the positions that I would try to leave free agency, feeling really good about, so that way I have all the flexibility I need for the draft. That sounds great. Um, kind of sets up your blueprint for that trade down at nine. Um so you said, you know, maybe we move back a little bit further in that first round. Who do you think who do you think is in the mix for that number nine pick and who could offer up, you know, maybe it's a, a first and a second, a first and a third, but just wanting to get to that dream, you know, blueprint that uh, you know, we've kind of laid out here. 
I think the Raiders are my favorite target for a trade back from nine. I believe they're picking 13th overall, um, so four spots. So I don't think it'd be a huge trade for the Bears, maybe a second and a fifth, second and a fourth, something like that. Uh, but they need a quarterback. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably on his way out. Aiden O'Connell is a fine backup, but he's not going to be your starter. Um, there's been a lot of talk about trading Justin Fields to the Raiders, but I, that makes no sense to me. If since they hired Luke Getzey, I don't I don't think you hired Luke Getzey to trade for Justin Fields. Um, I, I I think if you're uh, NFL executive, you have put the blame either on Getzey or on Fields for the Bears' offensive failures. Um, maybe you say they did, just didn't work well together and one or the other needed to get a chance to prove himself. Well, why would you bring them both together again? So that I, I don't think they're a player for fields at all. I think they're going to be drafting a quarterback. Uh, and at 13, they're just out of range for one of those top three quarterbacks. Um, so I think if Jaden Daniels or Drake may slips down some draft boards, um, if they're around there at nine, they will, want to make that move to trade up or even if those three are gone, Williams may and Daniels are gone. I, I said, I think Bo Nix is going to have an excellent um, combine. I wrote about this for bears talk this morning. I think he's going to, he's going to, he's an athletic quarterback. He can make every throw on the field with the best of them. I think he's going to have a great combine performance. And with the top three quarterbacks, not throwing at the combine, his, his name is going to get a lot of attention. Uh, so I think there's potential there for the Raiders to want to trade up for a Bo Nix type quarterback. Um, other than that, maybe the Vikings. It's tough to predict that because it's a division rival and those trades don't typically happen very often, especially if you think it's for a quarterback. Um, but that gives you, the gives you the opportunity to charge them with the division rival tax. So even if they're only moving up two spots, they're going to have to give you something a little bit extra to make that move. Gotcha. Yeah, we're running a lot of different scenarios through different simulators, not to say that, you know, they're going to act like general managers in the NFL, but um, looking at a team like Arizona, who holds, you know, Houston's number 27, and has, you know, the 35 overall pick in the second round, you know, maybe they're not a team that's really, you know, vying for contention, but neither was Houston, you know, going to the last year's draft, and they decided to, you know, flip some picks and kind of get two premium ones. So I was kind of thinking like, what do you think the odds are of a team like Arizona, who's, you know, obviously trying to just get back into contention, you know, maybe, maybe pairing up that 27, 35 for the number nine, uh, you know, would that happen to work out? Um, that's actually not a scenario I thought of. That's actually really a good point you bring up, you know, the Texans, they really kind of went all in there on uh, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. And I think it worked out pretty well for them. Um, so the Cardinals, you know, they, it, it sounds like they're, 100% behind Kyler Murray with that fourth overall pick with three quarterback needy teams ahead of them. They're really in perfect position to get Marvin Harrison Jr. for a steal, frankly. Um, and I think there is a potential to trade up with the Bears to nine if they put those two picks together, 27 and 35. Those are strong. That's a strong package. It's only two picks, but those are they're both top 35 picks. Um, I don't know if Ryan Poles will want to trade back that far. He, this is still just his – he's still a young GM. We still don't have a great beat on him yet on what he likes to do. Um, so I, I can't say for certainty whether he would not want to trade back that far. 
I get the feeling he would not, but that does make sense. You know, the Cardinals, they, they were very good very recently, um, looked like Super Bowl contenders uh, just a couple of years ago, and they definitely want to get right back to that and making a big, bold move up in the draft order. That's definitely a good way to do it. Yeah, the, I guess going off that, I mean, I know the second, I mean, that first, the late first round, second round is going to be so interesting because, you know, we talked about all the great, or, you know, the, the quarterbacks that are going to be taken, like there's potentially going to be, you know, we talked about Bo Nix, talk about JJ McCarthy, like five quarterbacks taken, you know, within the first round, potentially also we want to throw in Penix in there too, possibly six. And then, you know, all the wideouts. So there's going to be a lot of other positions or, you know, other players out there that are <laughs> dropping into that second round there. Um, I guess, yeah. Who are you eyeing on, you know, if the bears were to, you know, kind of go, as you were saying, uh, move back or trade Justin Fields into that second round. Uh, who do you think that the Bears ought to be eyeing there um, in the second round? Yeah. Um, so assuming, let's just say for the sake of argument, they trade him to the Falcons. Um, that seems to be the betting favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their second round pick would be 39, I think, 40, right around there, early in the second. Um, I think that's a good spot to try and go ahead and get a safety. Uh, like you said, Cameron Kitchens has been his stock has been falling a little bit. I have no idea why. He's a very good safety prospect, um, arguably the best safety prospect there is. And if he is still there at 40, and the Bears have that pick, I think you have to sprint to the board with it. Um, like I said, Eddie Jackson was not playing his best ball, but he's going to be hard to replace. Um, and you're going to need to either spend a lot of money in free agency, which I don't think Poles is going to do, or spend a premium draft pick on it at 40, which would be Cameron Kitchens or Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Um, another potential there would be wide receiver. Uh, if you missed out, let's say they take Caleb Williams at one, um, they take I don't know, Jackson Powers Johnson and a trade back from nine maybe. Um, I did another. I think that's when you target a wide receiver, Troy Franklin from Oregon. Uh, he's tall. He's blazing fast. Um, that's a guy that could be a day one starter for the Bears to pair up with DJ Moore. Uh, Lad McConkey. Uh, I think he could be this year's Tank Dell. Um, in the terms of being just not the best receiver, but as far as a pure route runner, I don't think anyone in this draft class is a better route runner than Lad McConkey. I mean. I've seen some highlights of him just running some one-on-one drills and his, there's not a single wasted movement in his feet or his head, his arms, everything is calculated. He is quick. It is watching what Tank Dell did in Houston with CJ Stroud this year. It makes me think that Lad McConkey is going to have a lot of interest from a lot of teams uh, in that second round, potentially at the end of the first round. Um, and a last receiver prospect I like is Xavier Worthy from Texas. He recorded the fastest speed for anyone in college football this past season. He was clocked at 22.7 miles per hour on a punt return touchdown this year. Um, and I think his 40 time is going to turn a lot of heads in the combine this year. I think he's going to go well below 4.4 seconds. Um, and that's something the Bears, they, they don't really have that speedster, especially if Darnell Mooney leaves in free agency, which I think he will. Um, they're going to need someone who's just really fast, uh, who gets down the field and just runs those go routes, catches those deep balls. Um, so wide receiver, those three guys, or safety, Tyler Newbin, 
or Cameron Kitchens, that's who I would want to target if we get a second round pick in a trade for Fields. Got it. Yeah. And uh, for you, the record, I think it was like the Falcons, they're picking the second round is the, the 43rd. So, you know, top half of the second round. But like I said, there's going to be a lot of great players, I think, dropping into the, the second the second round here. Um, and I guess just recapping or maybe just summarizing your your draft uh, uh, knowledge and, 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 you know, analysis here, like what are some of the other positions, maybe some players, too, that you're eyeing on for the draft? maybe in the later rounds, like the third, fourth, you know, fifth round that you think that the Bears ought to be looking into? Um, so Cedric Van Pran is one. I mentioned him earlier as a center. Um, entering the, the 2023 season, he was looked at as the top center. I thought he was going to be a late first-round pick, but now it sounds like Jackson Powers Johnson is that guy who's going to lead the way for centers. And even Zach Frazier, he had a fantastic um, senior bowl uh, a few weeks ago. I, I think Cedric Van Pran is going to be available there in the third round. Uh, and I think he could be a day one starter. Uh, so that's someone I'm really, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm really excited about. Uh, Cole Bishop, a safety from Utah. Uh, I see him potentially going the fourth or fifth rounds. He's just a really tall, really long, athletic guy. Um, I, I, he's not a day one stud. He's not going to be a defensive rookie of the year candidate. Uh, but I think if you draft him, get him with the coaches and develop him, I think he could be a very good safety in this league. So that was someone that I, I guess you could say every year I have a draft crush. I think Cole Bishop is my draft crush this year. Uh, that day three guy you're really hoping your team gets. Uh, Cedric Van Pran, like I said, maybe third round, grab him there. Um, and I'm still working through, you know, those later rounds, um, going through the combine will give us a lot more clarity. I'm not, so I haven't gotten too far deep into those day three prospects yet, but those are two guys that I think you can see available there that I would really like to see in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think I like, you know, Cedric Van Pran. I know a lot of people were talking about him before, right? I think, uh, you know, they obviously seen a lot of those Georgia football uh, games, always playing for national championships. And I was like, well, he's been highly touted, like as a first round, second round pick. Like, why wouldn't the Bears want him? But then, yeah, now we're seeing him drop uh, for the Zach Frazier's and Jackson Powers Johnson's. So, um, but yeah, like if he's still good, he's still good. And I, I think we'll, we'll take whomever there. Um, yeah, I know some other players. I know I've been eyeing like Bucky Irving out of Oregon, too. Uh, cause mm. I, I'm thinking like, yeah, we definitely need that little bit speedster to change things up a little bit. You know, we got a couple of, uh, you know, like six foot, five eleven, two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty pound running backs there. It's like, I think we need somebody just to get crazy out there, but, um, and yeah, backup tight end, I think too there. So, but yeah, no, this is great. I think I, I definitely, uh, like, uh, some of those picks there that you had, uh, for the draft. Um, yeah, so I think that's a one, one thing, and this doesn't get talked about much, I think with regards to all this Caleb Williams and Justin Fields stuff, but, you know, say the bears do draft Caleb Williams. Are we going into the season with Tyson Badgen as the backup quarterback, or do you see, you know, how normally teams do, right? They invite a veteran quarterback in there. You know, if that's, if that's the case where we do draft Caleb Williams, who do you think is our backup quarterback to, you know? maybe teach and mentor kill Williams a little bit. 
Yeah, that's a really great question. That's honestly something that doesn't get talked about enough. It's, you know, honestly, it's not as exciting as talking about Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields, uh, but it is important. Um, and I, I do think the Bears are going to want a veteran quarterback in the room to help mentor a rookie, Caleb Williams. Uh, Tyson Bajan, I don't think he's going away. Uh, I think he did enough to prove that he can be a backup quarterback in this league, um, at least be a backup quarterback. He went, you know, he started four games. He went two and two. Uh, you can't ask for more than that from your backup quarterback. Just keep the ship afloat. And that's what he did. And he was an undrafted rookie from a D2 school making a bigger jump than anyone else in the league. Um, I think he's got a lot of room to grow, Bajent. Um, I think, like I said, I think he's proven he can be a backup quarterback. And he's still got room to grow. He, he, he might be a, have a starting gig one day. Who knows? Um, he's only started four games. I'm excited to see how he grows as a player, as a quarterback. Um, but I do think that if they draft Caleb Williams, that they're going to want a veteran to mentor him. And it can't be someone like Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is going to want to be the guy who's starting, the guy who's going to try to carry you to the Super Bowl. Um, if the Vikings don't re-sign Cousins, he's going to be the big fish for the quarterback market for sure. Um, I, I don't know if he would be open to it, but I could see a reunion with Andy Dalton. Um, I, I thought he was a terrific mentor for Justin Fields in 2021 in his rookie season. Um, by all accounts, he was a good mentor, uh, uplifted Justin, tried to talk to him and give him some advice. Um, and he's been around the league. You know, he's not just some scrub. He's, he's been a, he was a highly drafted player, a highly touted prospect. And he, he played good football for the Bengals for the better part of nine years. Um, so I think he would be a great um cheap option as a backup quarterback slash mentor for Caleb Williams or whichever rookie you draft, uh, potentially Gardner Minshew. If the Colts don't resign him, um, he had a terrific season as a backup quarterback filling in for Anthony Richardson. Once he went down, he's been in the league for a long time. He hasn't had quite the career of Andy Dalton, but he has had extensive starting experience. Uh, he's got a lot of knowledge to impart to a rookie. Uh, so I think that would also be a good fit. Yeah, I mean, I think both of those two would be great. You know, I, for one, I, I think I mentioned before, I might be eyeing for a little bit of Carson Wentz, like, you know, a highly touted prospect <laughs> comes in and is like, oh, yeah, you know, I knew how it was to be, like, he was number two overall pick, I, I believe, right? But, um, you know, it was, top round, it was a top draft pick, and then, you know, this is how you kind of got to carry yourself and all that. And, uh, you know, I think uh, – you know, he made like a million dollars last year. I'm sure we can get him for like one or two million, maybe three or something like that. This, you know, uh, this coming season or something like that. So, but um, yeah, I guess now you know with the, the the coaching changes, right? And the coaches, what do you make? What do you make of this whole like with Shane Walder and the offensive staff? You know, what are your thoughts on that? And you know, maybe how does that position ourselves for things like free agency as well as the draft? Yeah, I was a big fan of Shane Waldron. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I thought we should have fired Matt Eberflus. Um, we did not. I was a little upset about that at the time. Uh, but Shane Waldron really smoothed that over because he was my top target for our head coaching opportunity if we fired Ed Eberflus. Um, I wrote for Bears Talk about some coaching candidates, and he was my top guy for being the head coach. And we got him to be the offensive coordinator. Um, I think that speaks volumes about how coaches around the league look at the Chicago Bears situation. 
uh, Shane Waldron, he was getting head coaching interviews, but he took a lateral move um, to Chicago. Um, and co- coaches don't take that decision lightly. Um, so I think, like I said, that I think that means that a lot of people around the league look at the Bears situation as a really good spot to be right now. I think they're very excited about what the Bears are building and what they can continue to build in this free agency, in this draft. And I think Shane Waldron, he's, I, we, we saw what he did with Geno Smith. You know, he took a, a career journeyman and turned him into a household name almost overnight. Um, now, unfortunately, Geno Smith, he he's still a limited quarterback. I mean, you, you can't turn a backup into a, a Hall of Famer. That was never going to happen. But he did make him a quality starter. Uh, so I'm excited what, to see what he can do with whoever quarterbacks the Bears in 2024. Um, I think he's going to – I think he's really looking forward to getting his hands on a, on a rookie quarterback to mold them, uh, to get them into his system right away. Uh, and I think that's going to pay dividends. I'm really excited to see what his offense will bring to Chicago. Uh, as far as Eric Washington, the defensive coordinator, I actually expected the Bears to do an in-house promotion. Um, potentially uh, Phil Snow. I thought that maybe they were going to just promote Phil Snow to defensive coordinator. Uh, but they hired Eric Washington. He's been in Chicago before as a defensive line coach. He spent the last few years in Buffalo as a defensive line coach and also the assistant head coach. Um, so he's been around for a while, got a lot of experience. He won't be calling plays this year. That will remain with Matt Eberflus, but I think that they are bringing him in to – get him involved in the system and eventually let him call plays. So I think that's a, a long, uh, a, I think that's a long haul hire with Washington. They, they expect him to be here for a long time. And from all accounts, it sounds like he, the players really love him. It sounds like players uh, do, do their best work for him, that he gets the best out of these players. So I'm really excited to see what he can get out, get out of Drevon Dexter. Like I said earlier, he had a breakout second half of the season where he was frankly playing just as good, if not better, than Jalen Carter. Um, so I'm really excited to see what a guy like Eric Washington can do uh, once he gets his hands on Dexter. On uh, Waldron, uh, did you hear the comment that Jackson Smith and Jigba <laughs> made a few weeks back? I know he was a little bit critical, whether or not he said yeah. it explicitly. What did you make of that? I mean, do you think that's more of just – JSN's first year and the pros didn't go the way he envisioned it or you know is there more smoke there that uh that has been detected yeah to be blunt I'm not too concerned with the opinions of a rookie quarterback who went from the top dog in his school to the third option at best in the pros like it's we all know receivers tend to be divas the best receivers tend to have diva um attitudes they and, and why not? They want the ball. Like the, the more they get the ball, the better they look, the more money they make. So it makes perfect sense. They want the ball all the time. You know, it's not knocking the attitude. It's understandable, but it's something that you need to consider when wide receivers talk about coaches or about teams. Uh, he won the ball all the time, just like every other receiver. And he didn't get it very much, not nearly as much as he's used to at Ohio state. Um, so I can see why he may be, didn't like his coaching very much. Maybe he thought he should have got it more. Maybe he should have. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I I just think it was him wanting the ball more. and He didn't get it, so he didn't have anything too great to say. Which was weird because I think it was the day before or the day after that incident, uh, he did say some good things about Shane Waldron. So I'm not sure why in that one particular interview, um, I think it was with NBC Sports Chicago, I'm not sure why he 
he he paused like that in that one interview. But he has said good things about Waldron. It's just those spicy pauses get um more traction online. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, sometimes my brain kind of wanders into like, you know, is Waldron a really good X's and O's guys when it comes to building passing schemes? But, you know, maybe he's got a Josh McDaniels type personality in the locker room, which really rubs guys the wrong way or something. But I mean, if he's coming with that much, um, you know, hype respect that, you know, you've put out there as far as, uh, you know, Waldron being a head coach candidate for, for the bears. I mean, I feel, I feel pretty positive about it. And I liked, you know, the, the type of mentality he's going to bring to Chicago, just kind of getting away from us, just being a defensive first running first type, you know, team into, Hey, let's, let's move more into the 21st century here. Let's, let's start to develop, you know, a, a real, you know, passing juggernaut, especially with a guy like Williams aboard. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to, to see what happens here and get started. Yeah, please. I, I never want to see that graphic again of the most recent 4,000 yard passer for each franchise uh, with the Chicago Bears, the blank uh, profile, and never. I, I never want to see that graphic again. I want them to have a 4,000-yard passer. I want them to have a potent passing attack. And I think Shane Waldron with potentially K.O. Williams, not right away, maybe not right away, not this year, but I think very soon we could see that. Great. Well, I mean, I think I'm hopeful. I know everybody's hopeful as Bear fans here uh, for that to happen. Whoever is at quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, <laughs> Caleb Williams, or whomever, right? I think that's as much as we can hope for for that. So um, I guess with that, you know, uh, thank you for uh, being our special guest here, Pete. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, final thoughts, like I said, um, combine kicks off tomorrow with the defensive line and linebackers doing their drills. Uh, it's going to start getting really exciting to see some potentially monstrous uh, performances. Uh, I wrote in a Bears Talk article this morning, I think Jerzon Newton from Illinois, the defensive lineman, I think he's going to have a monster performance. You know, his uh, scouts are, have, have a lot to say about his techniques. Um his pad level on the field, but his raw athleticism, that raw strength is just incredible. And I think he's going to put on one heck of a performance here tomorrow. Uh, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, the final thoughts for the Bears, just put together a winning team, please. I don't care who the quarterback is. Just beat the Packers, get into the playoffs, win a playoff game, and just be sustainably good. Uh, we have the assets now this year to – potentially make that a reality. Um, some really good draft picks, a lot of cap space. So uh, high hopes right now, high hopes to finally have that sustained success. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's bear down and everything. So, all right. Well, thank you, Pete. Uh, and then, yeah, with uh, Patrick and then Wayne here, uh, thank you for listening to the ball and breakfast podcast. <laughs>